D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast is brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista, the proud home of Golsh, the official beer of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast, and a beer that we are hoping and praying gets inside Torero Stadium for USL San Diego matches starting in March right here in town. That is the home of Golsh. Three Punk Ales is the sponsor of the podcast, and the co-host of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast is Darren Smith. Good morning, Darren. Just riding Jordan's coattails, everybody, as we're recording on a Thursday, I think it is. I think it is a Thursday, like the 17th day of October. So we are here. We are ready for club soccer to resume. I don't know what happened during the international break. I think I blacked out for a couple of days, so I don't know. Last I saw, the U.S. had beaten Cuba 7-0. So I felt really, really good about where U.S. soccer was going, but we can save that. For a little later on in the podcast. Well, if you thought Chelsea were handling Pulisic poorly, <laughs> we have an update and a new winner for you in that clubhouse, Darren. You know what I want an update on? Whatever, I know. Whatever happened to our mate Nate? Nate? Whatever happened to our mate Nate Abarea? I think he like crossed the border one time to broadcast a match. And Has he come back? I don't know. Last time I saw Nate Abarea, I do believe it was in my living room. I believe we were recording a podcast, the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. We were drinking a little bit of wine. We were drinking a little bit of tequila. We were talking about what goes on in Basque Country in Spain. And then we just totally lost track of Nate Abarea. What happened to that dude? He was waving flags on yeah. video. I remember that, it but made, he was in your living happy. room. It made me happy to be in my living room <laughs> talking shop with you and with Nate Abarea. Whatever happened to that dude? I don't know. Nate, where, what happened to you? Where have you been? This is the longest that we have ever been apart, I feel like. I've, I've had uh, abandonment complex going on. I've, I've been wondering where you are, and I'm safe. I've been in multiple countries across four different time zones since I last seen you. And, I mean, have we even talked since Gold Cup? Have we even talked since the, the CONCACAF Safari, since the resuming of League AMX and Premier League madness? It's Good to be back with you, plain and simple. Right. I think last time, Jordan, Nate was on. He was set to depart to go cover the CONCACAF Gold Cup. Now, I remember a lot of matches there. I blacked out for the final. So, again, I don't remember really what happened. There's but, a lot of blackouts going on. Yeah, they seem to revolve around. I see, I see that nothing has changed in the last three months since I was last on. Yeah, we're now the Berhalter blackouts on this podcast. It actually has a really nice ring to it. Berhalter blackout. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what happens when you follow up uh, you know, a, a beatdown on a clearly inferior opponent with a terrible performance against somebody who is just you know sort of so-so. Nate, how have you been? I have been damn good and blessed by the beautiful game that we love so much. And, yeah, whether it was the stuff this summer or just right back into the swing of things in Tijuana and, and doing some really cool video content with the folks at Cholos and covering the Cholos Femenil team and all their great connections to San Diego. There's all sorts of great local football going on here in SD. You got the return of the soccer's coming up. We got that on the radar for all the – arena soccer fans we got USLSD coming in 2020 all sorts of great stuff already going on in the community and i've been keeping tabs on y'all i've been listening to your show and making sure y'all are still good and not blacking out too much and whatnot but uh it's it's good to be back and it's good to kind of get this this forward movement going because i keep hearing about 2020 that's that's really the main thing that's got me hyped up here in San Diego is everyone just talking about 2020 and whether it's 
USL or just kind of the fusion of everything. There's a big, big year of, of the beautiful game in our cross-border community coming in, uh, in 2020. Forget the election and all that stuff. It's all about San Diego and, and Tijuana and our cross-border soccer community. That's what's important in 2020. I like that. The fusion of all of these different elements. That's a good way to put it about what 2020 represents here in our region, in our cross-border region as well. Nate, you also started a podcast. Uh, I did finally, uh, after all these years of having applied podcasts and hosting soccer shows and being a guest on you know fabulous, fabulous soccer shows uh, like this one and doing music DJing for seven years, doing stand-up comedy stuff with comedians up in Northern California for five years, doing Major League Baseball coverage and yada, yada, yada. Finally, I said, what is up with all this separation? Why do I have to keep things in different compartments and compartmentalize all the art? And I said, F it, throw it all in one place and see what people think. And the feedback has been uh, really cool. And I really appreciate all the support uh, from everyone over the last uh, couple of months as we have launched the Abarea podcast, which uh, I pitched the idea to Jordan for the catchphrase of, uh, of the podcast right before I dropped it of uh, it is cheaper than therapy. And, and that is really the, the focus of the show, is that you, you come to the Abarea podcast, and it's cheaper than therapy. And we go from there. So Wait a minute. Who's has the a... therapist in this situation? <laughs> um, it depends. Great question. It depends how, how many disorders are we working with. Is this, is this therapy for, pe- for the listener, or is it therapy for the person who's the host of the Abarea podcast? I would say both. I would say both, and oftentimes, uh, you know, it's, it's a therapeutic experience for everybody involved. At least I like to think so. I haven't gotten any hate mail yet, but I'm sure as the, uh, the show progresses and gets uh, a little bit more into the interview-centric uh, stage of the show, I'm sure there will be some, uh, some negative feedback. I'm sure some Man City supporters will, will troll the show eventually the way they've trolled this one uh, with my guest appearances, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll work on it from there. Well, uh, Nate, you are very impressive. We haven't seen you in a while, but now you are a therapist. You even have a name for your podcast, so we are very jealous of that. You're able to come together and pick up a name for the pod, so it's very good stuff out of you. Um, Something that wasn't very good is something we watched this week with the U.S. men's national team, and something we haven't gone too in-depth with with you yet is the fact that, I mean, you did a little traveling. You followed the U.S. men's national team around. I don't know what your takeaway was following the Gold Cup and where you are kind of mentally with the U.S. team now following that loss to Canada, but can you kind of just give us a quick recap of where you've been mentally with the team since the Gold Cup and now up to a 2-0 loss to Canada? Anytime anyone asks me about the state of the U.S. team, whether I'm at a bar or restaurant or hanging out with friends or in a professional setting, I always have to give this sort of follow-up question back, which is, how much time you got? How much, how much time you got to break all of this down? Because there's a lot of anger right now in regards to soccer-related matters. And, and, and Bearhalter's a bad coach, and, and they're not utilizing these players, and the system, and, and the players aren't good enough, and this midfielder here, and this guy's out of position. I hate to do this to people because it gets into some stuff that can be a little taxing and maybe even a little boring for some. But the problems lie so much deeper with this federation. The level of nepotism and, and so many other, I don't want to say buzzwords, but just so many other words I could use here. I want to go with the uh, bias and, and insular vanilla culture, uh, really focusing on the Burhalter uh, conundrum right now. And I, I don't just mean Greg. I mean his brother Jay uh, and a person who 
was essentially in charge of the entire hiring process for the U.S. men's national team managerial vacancy and, and let Dave Farrakhan run as the interim for over a year following the disgrace of Cuba and missing the 2018 World Cup. Yes, missing the 2018 World Cup as much as they like to try to bury that and sort of let it drift away. They missed the 2018 World Cup. I just want to say that one more time. And then went 13 months without an official hired coach. And it turns out that in that time, Oscar Pareja, now coincidentally the manager of Club Tijuana, was the only other person interviewed for the managerial vacancy that is now occupied, the post that is now occupied by Greg Berhalter. And the notion that that man's brother is in charge of all this, the notion that Ernie Stewart, who is a, a key player in all this, a great former U.S. men's national team player, a guy who I watched growing up and loved, and then a great connection of dual nationality and his roots in Holland and, and Dutch football. Ernie Stewart was a badass as a player. Ernie Stewart as an executive or, or behind-the-scenes guy, technical, whatever you want to call it, not good. And the notion that Ernie and Jay are essentially getting promotions right now. I don't see Greg going anywhere. I'm seeing, you know, fuera bearhalter, fire bearhalter, all sorts of stuff like that. The system ain't working. People need to wake up and get hip to what goes on behind the scenes with this federation because it's, it's troubling it's enraging, but I'm also to a level of, of cynicism with it mm -hmm. where I'm not really that affected by one of the most porous, downright disgraceful displays that the U.S. men's national team has ever given in the modern era. Post-1990, that 2-0 loss to Canada was one of the most disgraceful performances that they have ever put forth. And I, as a lifelong fan who grew up supporting this team through thick and thin every last game, so much nostalgia, so much romanticism. I can hardly be bothered by I'm with any you. of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't want to. Uh, it's not that I'm completely over it, but uh, as you said, when you see something that is so systemically damaged, like the U.S. Soccer Federation is, you know, Nate. For me, I'm, I'm with you when you talk about Greg Berhalter. Greg Berhalter was brought in here to do what? What was what, Jordan? What was Greg Berhalter brought in? Get here us to back do? in the World Cup. Okay, uh, Jordan, Nate. What was he brought in here to do? I mean, uh, just real as, simple. Uh, U.S. Soccer President Carlos Cordero uh, was quoted as saying, right around the time of uh, Berhalter's hiring, he's going to come in and implement a system. Okay, that's it. That is, stop right is, there. That is no, 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 no. Wait for this quote. A system that is authentic. Authentically American. Okay, that sounds, I don't know what that means. But here's the deal. Uh, it's a system. We're talking about a, a guy who was brought in here to change tactics, right? You know, we're going to play from the back. We're going to give it an identity or whatever it is that you know, Nate just cited there. But what, what is needed when you don't qualify for the World Cup is a culture change. And Greg Berhalter is singularly un incapable of changing the culture of U.S. soccer, right? We all would agree with this for reasons that Nate has already laid out and other reasons on top of that. So, you know, it's Berhalter wasn't brought in here to do anything other than, than give you an identity tactically out there on the field, a 4-3-3 or playing out of the back or whichever one of these phrases you want to use associated with what he was brought in here to do. What U.S. soccer needs and what the U.S. men's national team needs, do we all agree? They need culture change. And they, they now are going too far the other direction. People wanted this thing shook up. They wanted it turned upside down. They wanted anything that couldn't stick. They wanted it shook out of the system. And that's not what happened here. So I don't know why we're, we're all surprised or to Nate's point why we're wasting a bunch of time talking about Greg Berhalter. 
He was brought in here to do exactly what it is that we just said. He wasn't He's brought in here to change the culture of U.S. soccer. Maintaining the status quo. And I mean, status quo, exactly. He wasn't brought in here to do anything culturally different. No. He was brought in here to, to you know, implement a triangular offense. That's and not what we wanna, need. That's not what anybody I, needs here. And now no, like, we're no, just there's, losing there's, it. There's, there's no point talking about you know, tactical shifts and, and what we need to do on the pitch for this national team when the players... You can't play out of the back if you don't have good enough players. you got to sometimes bunker down and play old school. And, and whether you want to call that an inferiority complex or whatever, results matter in the international game. This is not a place where you get time to implement systems. It's short international breaks. It's short tournaments. It's about results. And the club culture, entirely different, entirely different. But you go back to, to the status quo concept with Greg Berhalter and I I go back to early 2018 and I go back to the U.S. soccer elections before the World Cup after Cuba after the disgrace of October of 2017 right in that period where there was a chance for quote-unquote revolution a chance for quote-unquote shake up and and changing of culture as you rightfully call it And that election was one of the most important moments in U.S. soccer history, sadly. And it ended with a man who knows nothing about the game, who is a, a, he's there for his Goldman Sachs reputation. He's there for the economic aspects of everything. As all of these men continue to line their pockets throughout all of this quote-unquote disgrace and Ian Dark's brilliant call on ESPN the other night and all these people finally yelling and getting loud and speaking out about the team. Through all of it, they're all laughing their way to the bank. They don't give a rat's ass about soccer culture in any regard. And that election, you had the Athletes Council. Mm. I'll never forget this. You had the Athletes Council with an opportunity to have a big, big say in the culture change that you speak of. And that Athletes Council, led by, among others, our colleague Stuart Holden, who I worked with throughout the Gold Cup, Holden's quoted. I mean, it's in bold print forever. It's eternally a quote of, we wanted some change, but we feel that this is best. This, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but that was what he said about the Athletes Council's choice to take, I forget the exact percentage, but it was like a hefty, hefty segment of the vote that pretty much cinched Carlos Cordero, mm-hmm. the U.S. soccer election, and maintained every last aspect of the status quo that we talk about, all the way to the point where, would you call a guy's brother essentially being his uh, supervisor? Is that a conflict of interest to you? Yeah, I think that that's the, the <laughs> dictionary definition of conflict of interest. And to your point about Stu Holden, that's why he releases this, this video on social media. I'm like, oh. hey, Stu... I, I like you as an analyst, but yeah, you, know, you might want to sit this one out. You were part of this that that kept the status quo, which is now resulting, as Nate rightly pointed out, Jordan, in a ton of apathy towards U.S. soccer, and that's worse than vitriol. Is that like they're just losing fans because people have decided we're just moving on with our life. This isn't changing. This doesn't look any different. These are the same circumstances that led to the U.S. not qualifying for the World Cup in 2018. So why should I bother? Yeah, it's almost easy to say this team feels worse going into this World Cup qualifying well, right, because cycle. Because you didn't so, qualify, so like, where is your passion and urgency for this? Nate, for me, following the match against Canada, it goes 2-0 to the Canadians. The, my huge takeaway after that is, if we're looking at it, 
with all the teams that the U.S. would compete uh, against in the World Cup, those teams that we would say are behind the U.S., they're catching up to the U.S. a lot quicker than the U.S. are catching up to anybody in front of them. If anything, they're falling back in the lane. And then you start seeing teams like Canada, and we've seen Burhalter here 10 months on the job. They have yet to play a European team. He has lost twice to Mexico, once to Canada now. They lost to Jamaica. They lost to Venezuela. It seems to me like the teams that were, you could say, behind the U.S. are quickly catching up, and the U.S. aren't doing anything in front. I would 100% agree, and I'll even kind of double down on that Canada result. Davies and Cavallini. The two goal scorers there, and I've known Lucas Cavallini for a long time with, with his play in, in Liga MX and, and his, his time all around Mexican football and, and a well-respected striker of, of North America. He's a guy from Canada down to Mexico and everywhere in between. He's known. He's respected. Lucas Cavallini, Cavallini and Davies, the two goal scorers the other night, they start for me, for the USA. Mm-hmm. If they're magically, suddenly, tomorrow morning, they're both American – or, or American internationals, I should say, they start, they walk into the squad. You could go down that Mexico roster during, even during the Gold Cup with all the players that were missing from that. And damn near every dude who I saw on the pitch for Mexico, I said, he walks into our lineup. And that was not the case a few years ago. Just a few years ago, the team was strong, and you had basically a, a fading era and the likes of our friend Landon Donovan and, and the likes of our hero Clint Dempsey and even guys like Jermaine Jones and Bradley and Altador who are still sticking around, but the, the Tim Howards, the, the names that were there for a long time. And as they started slowly fading out, you look at the missing of, of the Olympics, you look at the, the, the failures of, of youth national teams uh, for the U.S. over over a pretty significant period of time and right around this fade out that I'm talking about. And there should have been so many red lights flashing for so many people during, during all this. But I think the, the barrier head in the sand and sort of just maintain the status quo mindset was kept up because they were able to keep that up forever. And if all literally all they had to do to prevent us from having this conversation two years later, all they had to do, Bruce arena and the lads, was get a point in Trinidad and Tobago against the TNT B team in front of 900 people in Cuba. If they get a 2-2 draw that night, we're never talking about any of this. They go to the World Cup. Maybe they even make it around 16 in the 2018 World Cup. They get knocked out in the group stage. Who cares? We wouldn't be having these discussions. And it's wild that, for me, that sin, that disgrace will never go away. And seeing, as Jordan rightly said moments ago, seeing it get worse, do you think I thought in October of 2017 on that fateful night and everything I was feeling as a nostalgic U.S. fan, do you think I ever even imagined that it could get worse? Mm. It's gotten worse. Yeah. 100%. Right. And, I mean, you know, it's an old economics phrase about, you know, a recession is a terrible thing to waste, right? It's a derivative of the phrase a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. We've totally wasted this crisis of not qualifying for the World Cup. We've totally you know wasted what's it. Funny, that's, I, I mean, that's I, I like wanna... the worst part about it. Is like we wasted the opportunity to clean right. house. So if there right. is an opportunity, and obviously the conversation's been one-sided following a 2-0 loss to Canada, but if there is a way for the U.S. to really get things going and put any fan in a position where they think, all right, the U.S. will actually qualify and, and do well, perform well in the World Cup in 2022, the only way through that is Christian Pulisic actually being on the same page as Burt Halter. And they did not appear to me, Nate, to be on the same page <laughs> at all. Like, at all. Um, 
He was the first one to come off. He comes off after 60 minutes. We can joke on this podcast about Polistic's relationship with Frank Lampard and him being surrounded by more talented players at Chelsea. But when he's having this issue with the U.S. men's national team as we approach World Cup qualifying, that is a major issue. And it's what, were, what was your main takeaway with Burhalter and Polistic, their interaction in the loss? Oh, the, the sight of, of our baby boy. My, my baby boy. You remember that Seinfeld episode, the, the, the cable boy episode? And it's where, you know, Kramer's holding, oh, my, my cable boy. They hurt my little cable boy. That's how I felt watching Pulisic right there and watching those, those little teardrops come out of his adorable little eyes. And I'm like, no, my baby, my baby boy. What have they done? Everyone's trying to hurt my baby in England and now here and Canada. It doesn't matter where he goes. They're just trying to hurt <laughs> Cuts I deep, mean, doesn't it? I, I, he didn't I, get I, a full sleeve tattooed to, to be treated like this. This is our golden child. Right. This is our golden child, and this is what he's received. And people can pick apart his play and say, oh, you know, Mason Mount deserves to start at Chelsea. Whatever. We could have all those discussions another time. This dude has been done a massive disservice, and you talk about wasting opportunities. This is a generational talent that does not come along but once or twice or so a generation, hence the term generational talent. When Landon Donovan and I chatted way back in 2016 when Christian Pulisic was kind of bursting onto the scene for the U.S., and there were still murmurs of him possibly uh, selecting to play for Croatia and his eligibility for, for the Croatian national team, and Jurgen got him in, and, and I'll never forget talking to Landon going, I watched this 17-year-old play, and he's, he looks better than any time I ever played. And I'm pretty proud of my playing career for the U.S. This kid is the real deal. And we've been watching him with a magnifying glass ever since. And I don't want to say he's been wasted, because he's still a very young man with a lot more potential to fulfill. But damn, you're starting to use words like waste and disservice and I get people all the time kind of tell me, oh, well, he doesn't necessarily deserve everything. He shouldn't just have everything handed to him. Well, he, he should have played in the 2018 World Cup. He would have, his, his international fame uh, would, would have ballooned. I guarantee this Chelsea fiasco wouldn't be happening right now. Christian Pulisic would have a better situation right now had we can do all this hindsight 2020 here. But it's true. Yeah. It's absolutely true. And yeah. so he was the big loser. He was really maybe the biggest loser amongst all the uh, everybody associated with U.S. soccer. Well, I think also I, I want to give a shout-out to my colleague up in San Francisco, Charles Bolden, the voice of SF City and one of the voices of one of Darren's new favorite clubs, uh, Oakland Roots uh, Sports Club up there, Bay Area rocking it. But Charles talked with me yesterday about the year with Dave Farrakhan that everyone kind of loved taking the piss out of and making fun of. And, man, this ridiculous hiring process that's not even a hiring process. But if you want to actually wrap this conversation talking actual football, how we kind of opened it, the play under Dave Farrakhan at the end, if you want to actually compare soccer to soccer, apples to apples here, was miles better than what we're seeing under Perhalter, almost to the point where they were so lethargic and apathetic with that quote-unquote hiring process. I remember at the end, legitimately, without not even full cynicism, a legitimate statement going, God, why don't they just give it to Dave? Why don't they just give it to old, yeah, a little bit status quo, whatever. But yeah, the players seem to respond to him a little bit. He's got relationships with everybody, good man management. Hell, give it to Sarakin. Whatever. Um, Let's move on to club soccer. <laughs> What's seriously. happening in TJ, Nate? 
Good transition. I thought there I was love... a point for me to jump in. I wasn't trying to cut you off, just so you know. No, 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 I'm like, no. I, I just started thinking, like, I'm just over USI. I'm just ready for club soccer to get back. Right, and we and spent stuff. 20 minutes talking about what we said we were going to spend two minutes on. I Jordan know. sent me the whole rundown yesterday. We talked about this. We're going to talk Liverpool United, talk Premier League, talk some Sholos. We haven't talked any of that. We've just been screaming our heads off about this apathetic situation with our beloved national team, or once beloved national team. But uh, Nate, we can time, continue to talk that Josie Altidore is their best option up front, still, for some busy reason. Busy times in TJ Jordan. Um, busy, busy times in Tijuana. This coming weekend, or this coming week, I should say, from Monday the 21st to Friday the 25th, there are three match days in Tijuana at Estadio Caliente, three and five days starting Monday night with a huge women's game uh, between Cholos Femenil and Pachuca Femenil. Pachuca, one of the best teams in the league, and really enjoyed getting to know the uh, the women's team and the, the culture and the growing culture of the women's football uh, all over Mexico, but right here uh, in Tijuana with, with the Cholos team and, and so many cool connections to San Diego. Itzel Gonzalez is the one that jumps out. Uh, San Diego folks might remember that name as a, a UCSD goalkeeper who went on to play for the Mexican national team, a dual citizen with just such a microcosm of the cross-border community. And so much love to Sholos Femenil. If anybody can get down, uh, down to Tijuana on Monday the 21st, please do. It's going to be a fun night. Then the next night, Sholos, the uh, men's team in action in the Copa Amayekis against Mineros. And then on Friday night, Assuming that the uh, visiting team is paid and still uh, willing to play uh, games with that whole Veracruz, But Cholos will be uh, hopefully hosting uh, Veracruz on Friday the 25th. So as it stands right now, three match days, one women's game, one Copa Mayakis game, one Liga Mayakis game uh, in the span of five days next week down in TJ. See, we we, uh, said that we haven't spoken to Nate in quite a long time on the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Nate could quickly turn that around on us, Jordan, and say like, hey, when's the last time you guys were at Estadio Caliente? It's been a while. You used to come every weekend. It's been a while. I mean, you'd, you'd come, you'd come even when, they were, when there weren't matches. You'd be like showing up on the outside, yeah. having a Paloma at the racetrack right there going, when's the match? Damn right. Come back. <laughs> we should. Next Friday? Next Friday, October the 25th. Let's get it going. Jordan and Darren, the triumphant return to the Miklan for the hosts of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Have you been to a 1904 match? I went to the first one, and I got to say, many imperfections with all of it. I had a damn good time. I had a damn good time uh, that first match. Who were they playing? Cal United. Um, they won 3 1. My boy Jean Antoine was in goal, the Haitian sensation playing goalkeeper for uh, 1904. And man, there were 3,000 people on a Saturday night at the Murph. And for a person like me, that gives me hearkening back to Candlestick Park and my upbringing at the stick and the, the Oakland Coliseum because I'm that weird romanticist who has nostalgia for places that you would politely call dive bars and maybe more aptly called dumps and archaic dumps. And for some reason, I love these places, and they, they make me feel like a child again. And so that experience, I think, really fed into to that specific romanticism. I love that it's being used. I love the fact that if it's still there, play a game in it. Let people tailgate in the parking lot, have beers and barbecue. Like, let's have some fun. I had a fun night at the football, and I don't cool. get to go to too many soccer matches as a fan uh, anymore, as a writer and broadcaster and 
got to work, but I don't get to go to too many games as a fan. So that was that was a really good experience, and, and I, I wish them all the best in their future endeavors. Yeah, plus San Diegans are very good at tailgating, and that is an amazing parking lot to do just that. So it looked like a lot of fun was being had. I saw a lot of, I've seen a lot of videos and pictures this season so far for 1904, and a lot of them I've seen in the parking lot of people having a good time out there. So I hope I you had a good time tailgating. Looking- Almost like old Charger fans, like looking for just an excuse to go right. back to the parking lot. Yeah, well, well I, I mean, they need to bring sports there. They just need to keep the parking lot open. For ever since the Chargers left, I mean, San Diegans, we've just been showing up to like Ralph's and Vaughn's parking lots to tailgate, <laughs> and now, now we need sporting events to do it. So that it's good stuff. I'm glad you're able to make it down to 1904, and we're able to to bring them up. We haven't done an amazing job following that club, but I'm glad uh, we were able to talk to you, someone who's actually been to one of those matches. And I know this season's a very quick one, and they're going to regroup and get stuff going again next year. So we'll do a better job in 2020 promoting their product as well so you've actually been the fusion of local soccer in 2020 oh it's all it's all about the fusion it's all about the fusion are we going to talk about my my team my my club are we going to talk about the those guys you know the first place team in the prem where are you going to be sunday morning either home or possibly either right here uh with Sophia herself, as she cheers on uh her new her new nickname is uh little van dyke She's five foot two, and her favorite player is Virgil Van Dyke. So we uh, we call her Little Van Dyke, and I think we're going to get her a uh, a Virgil kit uh, for for her birthday coming up here. Um, Spoiler alert! I really kind of bond with Shakiri because they were the same height. Um, but now it's uh, it's it's moved on to a, a a respect for Virgil Van Dyke, and how can you not? I mean, we're talking about World Player of the Year, talking about an absolute ledge, and uh, we'll either be here. Yours truly and Sophia, or maybe, just maybe, Say it, Nate. up to the blue foot, or yes. maybe, 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 Steve Garcia and the folks down there at Three Punk Ales at the United location down there. Maybe we walk in, you know, donning full Liverpool kits and, and call us full kit wankers, or we come in in street clothes. It don't matter. We're coming in ready, ready to go. I'm not sure Liverpool, Liverpool fans are allowed. No, they are, because they like showing up there and ripping down Barca flags. Oh, I will not be doing that. No, yeah. I, I. It's all right. Somebody no already beat you to it. <laughs> no, you should go down to Three Punk Ales and you should uh, drink a couple Golshes. Have you had the new beer by chance? I have had the Golsh. I actually went down to uh, Three Punk Ales with our friend Craig Elston, uh, actually, as a matter of fact. And uh, he was a big fan of the Golsh. I just want to let you know that he really just loved that Golsh. I want to hear him order a Golsh, though. Right. I want to hear Nate order a Golsh. Can you order <laughs> no, a Golsh right I- here? Do it. Oh, hey, um, Steve, I was wondering, um, could I, could I get a pint of that? Yeah! Well, sure, Nate, you can. Wait a minute, he's not done. Oh, you're not done? He's ordering two. I, I, no, I'm, I'm ordering I've one. seen the videos. You, when you call a goal, you do at least two goals. Well, you gotta, I, 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 I need a goal. I need to drink a goal. I'll do five for you. Well, you know, if you drink three, it's called a hat trick. Ah, that's classy. Um, hey, in all seriousness, Liverpool United, this is a big one. This is a very, very big one. Listen, and, you guys are going to win by uh, seven. United's trash, and we all know Premier it. Premier League's over. This is a f- Premier League's over. There's 30 matches to go for guts. That's the worst that's part. It's over. over. Unwatchable. Unwatchable. My God. No, you know what's really funny is uh, I, I, I speak of, <laughs> of Sophia a few moments ago. She has no idea where, and she she talked about this with me recently, where she's become such a big Liverpool fan over the last, three, three and a half years, and then this Klopp era and all the gorgeous stuff that goes with it. She talked to me the other day where she's like, you know what really still doesn't resonate with me is fully is your 
deep hatred of Manchester United because mm-hmm. in her time watching Liverpool and watching the Prem, United have been relative trash right. and have been in this dumpster fire spiral for this whole time. So she has this, you know, real hatred for City. She has this respect for a bunch of other teams in the league, but she always kind of looks at United and goes, yeah, I don't know if I really even hate them that much. And so I, I have to give her these these history lessons of, as uh, as Liam Gallagher said, you know, uh, an old school City fan, he talked about, you know, I, I could watch for, for what they did to me in the 90s. I'll go, it sounds bitter, but I'll go on. I'll look at the scores on a weekend. And if United lost, I couldn't even be bothered to see what City did. That's how much the hatred lives on to this day. So uh, I hope we do it, man. Liverpool have only won at Old Trafford in this millennium, uh, I think three times. Uh, go back to Danny Murphy hitting a free kick back in like 02, 09, and 2014. And that's it. I think it's like three wins in this millennium uh, at Old Trafford. So regardless of how, quote-unquote, trash United might be, regardless of Oli's problems or the lacking of Pogba or De Gea uh, in this game against Liverpool, I still count nothing. Uh, it, I, I take nothing for granted when it comes to, to this fixture. It's a very special one, and I hope Liverpool can get the job done. My goal now is to get little Van Dyke on the podcast. She is she is coming on. She loves this podcast. She listens even when I'm not on. She started listening wow. because she would listen to, to my guest appearances and give little critiques and feedbacks and say, hey, maybe you want to slow down, try some tea instead of the coffee and whatnot. And she actually uh, listens to you guys even when I'm not on. So uh, shout out to little Van Dyke. Shout Does she out. have any critiques for us? Uh, she, no, she loves you guys. Professionals. Absolutely no, we're not above whatsoever. critiques. I mean, I'm not. Jordan might be, but I'm not. Uh, all right, um, MLS playoffs this weekend. Anybody? Anybody? I saw that. I'll just say one quick thing. Ibrahimovic uh, actually going to play in the playoffs. They need to fix the Minnesota United LA Galaxy match because the winner plays LAFC. So mm-hmm. they need to fix that. I don't care, and just make sure that we get uh, Noel Trafico. In the playoffs. Yes. Absolutely. Right? I love how we started this conversation way back when talking about, you know, sort of talking about critiquing and, and breaking down uh, uh, corruption and problems within. And now you're you're ending it by calling for matches. Yes. Well, we're talking about Major League Soccer now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. No, this is sort of in the same honestly. area. I get it. But, you know, I just want to say, all I'm saying is, Nate, I want to watch El Trafico in the postseason. That's it. A postseason. And it would be uh, with the with the wacky, weird MLS postseason setup. Correct me if I'm wrong. It would be a one gamer, right, between between L.A. and L.A. in this Trafico Western Conference final it would potentially be. Can we just make no, that no, the no, final? No. It would be the next round. This is the opening round. It would just be the next round. The next round. So in, yeah. in a semifinal, is a conference semifinal. I don't know what you call there's it. There's play-in games and decision days. Yeah. I was, I, I felt I was like, hey, I don't want to make any decisions. Why are you making me make all these decisions here? On all I'm Sunday saying is the winner not- of Minnesota United <laughs> and L.A. Galaxy go to LAFC. That's all I know. Stop making this more Stop difficult. Stop pressing Darren on the yeah. on the structure of the MLS postseason, <laughs> would you? I also would point out next week, for anybody who's now, now interested in USL, their postseason starts next week as well, next Tuesday. Yeah, root against all those clubs. Yeah, Phoenix hey. Rising out of the West and Hate Indy 11 in the East. Those are your, uh, your two conference leaders. Mm. And much love to Lou City. Much love to Louisville, or as they, as they pronounce it out there, Louisville! Louisville. 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 The championship game is going to be on ESPN2. They are the champions, Louisville. You know that? ESPN2? Yeah. Love Louisville. Shout out out to the Coopers. 200 proof, baby. Good stuff. Yeah, Yeah. but no shout outs to OC, no shout outs to Phoenix, and no shout outs to Las Vegas. How about New Mexico United, which led the league in average attendance? Don't like that. 12,844. 
Can't stand no. that club. Okay, just saying. <laughs> All right, to hell with them. Hope they they might not even. I'm not even sure they're getting in. Who knows? Nate, uh, will we see you this Saturday at Bay City Brewing, 12 o'clock? It is the unnamed supporters group gathering where they're actually going to name their supporters group, which is fantastic news. I think names are completely overrated, and I think the unnamed supporters group should be the name of the supporters group, and I don't know why they're changing it, and I think they're outthinking the room. They're overthinking this. They should just keep it as is, and if something comes naturally, something comes naturally the same way we've taken the approach with the podcast. I don't know why they're trying to come up with a name, but that's what they're trying to do this weekend. Will we see you Saturday at Bay City Brewing. Well, it sounds like, Jordan, to, to really put a bow on this conversation and, and this just fantastic podcast here, um, it feels like they need a culture change. And maybe, maybe we can, can be the ones to provide it. So, so we'll go down there. I'll meet you there about noon. I'll say noonish. I'll give a proper San Diego ETA. Noonish. I think we're supposed to be there at noon, but go ahead. <laughs> no, noonish. I like things that end in sh, you know, goal sh, noonish sh. All right, 11-ish. And we'll give one last pitch to keep the uh, the unnamed supporters group. I don't know if we're going to be triumphant or not. Probably not. But we'll give uh, one last pitch, and I'll be there with you, Jordan, as you uh, try to keep your culture of namelessness yeah. alive. And well. I mean, I have a whole PowerPoint presentation <laughs> ready to go this weekend. Namelessness. So, I mean, if you want a coattail, that's fine. But I already have everything ready for Saturday. I have a whole presentation. I'm going to break it down, and I hope to come away as the winner. I think uh, Culture of Namelessness actually is the, the upcoming podcast series that we'll be producing. Yeah, I, I don't copyright that because I'm totally going to steal it. I like that. <laughs> the Culture of Namelessness. That was amazing. Yeah, that's this Saturday. This Saturday, 12 o'clock, noon-ish, Bay City Brewing. <laughs> Guys, it's not noonish. They want you there at noon. I know. Well, they're on a very tight schedule. Like They're like down to the minute here. You show up, you only get a minute. Other people get five. Like, it's, yeah, Nate, if you show up at week. noon-ish, I don't know if we have a chance to present the, uh, the Nameless Supporters Group. The Nameless Supporters Group. Look, 1130-ish, and it'll turn into noon. How about that? Listen, I'll bring you a Golsh. Show up at 11-ish. We'll have a great time. I like that. There's a lot of Golf-ish. going on here. I feel like beers are going to get in. It's just going to be pure AM radio waves just bouncing around. It's going to be great. That's a good thing. All right, Nate Abareish, we appreciate your time today on the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Like a swirling wind around the Murph. I love that he calls it the Murph, by the way. Yeah, me too. How long what have you been calling call it the it? Murph? SDCCU Stadium? Uh, no, it's it's really it's it's all an act. It's all an act to endear myself uh, to San Diegans and make them think that I'm a local, even though I've only been here for three and a half years. So up the Murph. <laughs> Up the, uh, up the culture Murph. of namelessness, and I'll see you at Bay City. Up Life. the culture of namelessness. <laughs> Nate, right. as, as, as a local here, talking to Darren and Nate, I will say, you are all locals. We are all locals on the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Fair enough? But do we have a name? <sighs> Don't culture of namelessness. All right, we'll see you Saturday. We want to give thanks to Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. They are the sponsor of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Drink Golsh. In Chula Vista. It's a fantastic way to do any day. And go get your haircut at Sport Clips as well. They do an amazing thing this time of the year where they collect money for their Help a Hero Scholarship Program. That's money that goes directly to veterans once their military service is over so that they can go back to school. So stop by between now and Veterans Day, any one of your local Sport Clips locations. Yes. And if you're interested in sponsoring the Unnamed Soccer Podcast, hit us up. Hit us up. Nate, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Go!